This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give the Lord a shout of glory. Then you may be seated. Amen. For the third time in the history of the church, we have walked through the book of 1 John. We're wrapping that up this morning. And I thought it would be good to finish out by going over some of the highlights. Look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. You come to a verse like that and you understand why the modern-day apostates and heretics hate the little book of 1 John. But look. This is one of the 12 disciples. This is one of the three in the inner circle. This is a man who had such power with God that they tried to kill him by burning him in oil and it didn't kill him. They exiled him to the island of Patmos where he wrote by revelation, the book of Revelation. This is the man that Jesus chose to watch over his mother who was not only, going, not only a widow, but was about to be, you know, missing her son, the Lord Jesus. And so he writes, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he says, is a, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. Now look, if you're single, this will really help you. How do I know, Pastor, if that guy's really a Christian? How do I know, Pastor, if that gal's really a Christian? Well, Jesus said, by their fruit, you shall know them. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. Verse 15, do not, and this is huge. Tell your neighbor, this is huge. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now look, don't be like one of these silly Christians who falls in love with celebrities and does all this. You, look, I told a champion builder group yesterday, you cannot hitch your wagon to a, a celebrity because you don't know what crazy thing they're going to do tomorrow. You hardly know what some preacher is going to do tomorrow. So we have, we have gotten on the Word of God train and we're not getting on any other trains because you don't know where the train's headed. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father's not in him. And this reminds me of James 4.4, 4, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. You know, I asked Aaron Wood Tuesday at lunch, I said, what is the beef with some of these 
young people that used to come to Faith Christian Center. And he said, well, it's two things. It's drinking and the teaching that we should be discriminating in our fellowship. And I said, okay, Aaron, what are the two things that mess up young people? He said, drinking and the refusal to be discriminating in our fellowship. It'll wreck you. And people don't want to acknowledge that drinking is a gateway drug. And drinking leads to other things. Um, oh my gosh. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. All this fentanyl coming across that border. It's, look, I plead with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Do not love the world or anything in the world and do not put stuff in your body to artificially stimulate your body. You want to get stimulated? Go jog two miles. <laughs> Amen. There are natural ways to get endorphins going and to get stimulated. Amen. So don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Verse 17, the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. How many of y'all want to live forever? Amen. Well, then we need to be doers of the will of God. Verse 29, everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Pastor, how do I know if this person I'm dating is actually born again? How do I know if this gal I'm dating is actually born again? It's actually gotten worse than that. Now you got to say, Pastor, how do I know this gal I'm dating is a gal? <laughs> well, are, are they doers of the word of God? You got to be a fruit inspector. Amen? Amen. Chapter 3, verse 1, how great is the love. I love it, I love it, I love it. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. You know, one thing living in this city that we're blind to is the night sky. We have all these lights, all this ambient light. It's a good thing to go on vacation, get out in the country, and look up. And when you look up, what do you see? You see literally billions of stars. And we look up and we realize that our Father God is the creator of all of it. But yet, as great as he is, he is mindful of us. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. I was uh, getting coffee this morning and I thought of what David said. What is man that you are mindful of him? Thank God, thank God, thank God, he is mindful of us and our situation. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And then John writes, and that is what we are. We're not going to be, we're not fixing to be, we are the children of God. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, 
we shall be like him, for we shall see him just as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. And again, this is part of the reason that this, uh, these new age heretics and apostates don't like the book of 1 John because he talks about purifying yourself. Look, Jesus did the work 2,000 years ago. Absolutely, 100%, that's true. But we have a job to do cooperating with him. Amen. What does he mean, purify himself? Purify yourself. Well, just stop sinning. Amen. Oh, my gosh. You know, if I had a nickel for every time somebody came to Sue or I for marriage counseling and they wanted to know how to fix their marriage, and we told them to stop committing adultery, we'd have a lot of nickels. Amen. So we create a lot of our own trouble. And when sometimes we just got to stop it. You just have to stop going to the horse races. You just got to stop going to Vegas. You just got to stop committing adultery. You just got to stop going to Billy Bob's. You just got to stop it. Amen. Amen. And some of these things, let me tell you what, if, if you have a challenge with a habit, you need to lift your hands and thank God that you have not faced some of the challenges some people sitting right here this morning have. Because when, when someone is addicted to drugs, that is a tough thing to break. But we have people sitting right here this morning and they've done it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters in the Lord, you can be free and you can live free. Hallelujah. You don't have to be bound by a thing. Amen. Amen. Verse 12, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. If you have not figured it out, when you live for God, the world doesn't appreciate that. They, they, they'll hate you for living for God. But we're not going by what the world thinks of us. We're going by what God has said about us. Chapter 3, verse 21, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, these are some of the most important words in the New Testament. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we obey His commands and do it pleases Him. Because we obey His commands and do it pleases Him. And people just don't, they don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it that our behavior has something to do with our blessing level in God. But I've got word on it. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we obey His commands and do it pleases Him. And what is His command? This is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He has commanded us. Those who obey His commands live in Him, and He in them. And this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. Chapter 4, verse 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. Say it out loud. I've overcome the world. Overcome. Say it again. I've already overcome the world. I mean, it may not look like it. You may be going through a challenge. You may be going through a legal challenge. You may be going through a, a challenge with the human resource department. You just got to maintain your confession. We have overcome the world. 
You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I love the King James. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Say it out loud. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Verse 7, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. It's amazing, all this crime. And people don't see it. We just need a great awakening. Amen. And more fathers would help. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Verse 16, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Say it out loud, God is love. love. And one thing these modern day apostates and heretics do is they draw a distinction between Father God in the Old Testament and Lord Jesus in the New Testament. And this is a false distinction because Jesus said, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. You want to know what Father God's like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what Father God's like? Read the four Gospels. Because Jesus said, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And we've been talking about Charles Grandison Finney's definition of love. Love is to will and to act toward the highest good of the other. And so don't be like some of these silly modernist Christians who think they're loving their children by not disciplining them. We learn from the book of Proverbs that if you don't discipline a child, you hate that child. I don't want to tell the story that uh, Bud Sickler told about tithing, but from that story that he used to tell and the way the Lord spoke to him, I would say it this way, they're killing their children with human mercy. We see it all the time. You cannot go a week now. You cannot go a week now without reading about a horrific murder, a horrific kidnapping, Uh, 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 rapes and all the rest because some do-gooder district attorney has the philosophy to turn everybody loose and nobody's held on bail. They're killing people with human mercy. Amen. Amen. You know, if you're going to will and to act toward the highest good of the population, you got to lock up the bad people. Amen. Amen. You know, but the Christian worldview is gone from public life. You know how crazy this world is we live in now? They have banned electric cars in Switzerland over the winter. Because there's not not enough electricity. What do you think is going to happen in California? I'm saying, we have... We don't even have a choice anymore because it's obvious the world's nuts. It's obvious the people in charge are crazy. It's obvious. They're just making up new stuff all the time. And we see now where this agenda is headed. It's headed toward using and abusing children. So come out from among them. And be separate, 
Do not seek their approval. Live your life unto God and believe God to protect you. And so we know and rely on the love of love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. We actually owe a debt of love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And he's not talking about sentimentality. He's not talking about lip service. He's talking about to will and to act toward the highest good of the other. And you've heard me say this over and over and over. There's nothing wrong with making a profit, but we, have, we cannot lie to our brothers and sisters. We shouldn't be lying to the world either to make money. Amen. You know, how about just making it the good old-fashioned way? Provide a good service. Provide a good product, provide good customer service, and you'll, make, you'll not have any trouble making money over time. Amen. But we ought not be trying to use and abuse and take advantage of our brothers and our sisters in the Lord. I'm horrified at what's going on. I'm horrified at churches running multi-levels. I'm, I'm horrified at pastors doing multi-levels. One of the most famous full gospel people in the church world selling fake Rolexes. It's unbelievable. And what the heck? That tells you the quality level of the theology. We ain't got no fake Rolexes here. Amen. We ain't got no fake Louis Vuitton bags. We ain't got no fake Christian Louboutin shoes. We ain't got no fake Jesus. We ain't got no fake prosperity. Can somebody shout amen? amen? Chapter 5, verse 2, this is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. Oh my gosh, that just puts a whole different perspective on the love thing, doesn't it? This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and by carrying out his commands, this is love for God to obey his commands. Well, oh my gosh, that just is a redefinition. This is love for God to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. And this is the main problem I have with a whole lot of these modern preachers. They cast shade on God. They cast shade on the word of God. And they act like it is a great big hassle, a great big pain in the backside to serve God and to obey God. It is despicable because all he has ever done in my life is forgive me. All he has ever done in my life is heal me. All he has ever done in my life is bless me. And if I have to obey a few commands along the way, it is certainly worth it. Can I get an amen? Amen just to know I can get my prayers answered. 
This is love for God, to obey His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. Shout it out loud, His commands are not burdensome. His commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. What a joy, what a privilege, what an honor to know him. What a joy, what a privilege, what an honor to serve him. What a joy, what a privilege, what an honor to obey him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's no hassle to it. There's no burden to it. Verse 14 some of the most important words in the New Testament. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Reminds me of the words of Jesus in John 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be given unto you. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Well, pastor, how do we pray according to his will? That's easy. Pray according to his word. In the book of Isaiah, it says that we are to put him in remembrance of his word. And today, wrapping it up, chapter 5, verse 17, all wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. Last Sunday, we dealt with the sins that lead to death. Here, John says, not all sin leads to death. Another thing that they're teaching in this modern apostasy and heresy is that all sin is the same and we're all sinners. When you hear a minister teach that all sin is the same and we're all sinners, they are secretly living an alternate lifestyle and they are grooming you for the day that their alternate lifestyle becomes public. This is not only nonsensical, it is moronic. I said last Sunday, when your wife comes home with a new hairdo and all of her hair cut off and says, honey, what do you think? And you stand there and you say, darling, I think it just looks great. That is not the same level of sin as murdering your next door neighbor. Can I get an amen? Amen. Well, Pastor, are you saying there's some sins that aren't really sins? Well, you know, lion's lion, but I'm just saying that's not the same as murdering your next-door neighbor. All wrongdoing is sin. Well, there's your answer. So, you know, I, I had to learn this. I mean... Because with the people that raised me, I didn't know anything about diplomacy. So, you know, I've, I've tried to learn how to speak the truth in love. So sometimes, you know, I would just, rather than lie, I, I went to the Lord about this. How can I not lie? So I, she'd come home and say, what do you think? I'd say, well, it's different. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm not lying, but it's not really hurtful, you know. I'm just trying to thread the needle you know, look, you've been married this long, you've had to work at it. And whatever work I've put into it, Sue's had to put in three times that. Amen. Don't be lying to your children. If you tell your children you're going to do something and something comes up at work and you can't, you go to that child, you explain it to them, you ask their forgiveness and you tell them you'll make it up to them. 
Ask my child's forgiveness? Yeah. Because in, in the eyes of your sons and your daughters, you want to be a truth teller. You don't want to be a liar. Amen. And I always found mine to be reasonable. If I would go to them and talk to them and explain to them the situation. All wrongdoing is sin and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Everybody say, ouch. ouch. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Now, actually, John's taking it easy on us because the book of Hebrews is tougher on this. And we just read where he talked about purifying yourself. So sometimes we just need to look in the mirror and say, stop it. Amen. And all wrongdoing is sin. You know, the modern American church has got a whole category of sins that nobody wants to talk about. And over my lifetime, they keep adding, adding to the ones you're not supposed to talk about. Maybe if preachers had preached what the Bible said all along, we wouldn't be in this mess. Amen. <laughs> you may wonder why I'm pausing and hesitating. Well, I'm thinking about all those sins we're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> Should I even bring them up? Hallelujah. You know? My, 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 my. See, the Lord loves you. He loves you. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be wealthy. He wants you to live long on the earth. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe and the evil one cannot harm him. So this is another advantage of actually living the life. It's also an advantage of tithing, for example, that the devourer is rebuked. I don't know about you, but whatever challenges I've had with the devil, I sure don't want to increase those challenges. I want to decrease whatever challenges I've got going on with Satan. And one way we do that is by loving God and being a doer of the word of God. Verse 19, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Now, when I started out, I think people had trouble with this concept. But I don't think it's hard at all in 2022 to understand that God is not running Washington. And God is not running Austin. And God is not running Tarrant County. That the evil one's in charge. The Apostle Paul called him the God, little G-O-D of this world. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. I don't even know how people make it in 2022 who don't know Jesus and don't know the Word of God and don't know the Bible. I don't even know how you keep your sanity if you have no book of Revelation to read and know where, how it's all going to turn out. Thank God, thank God, thank God 
for the spirit on the inside and the Bible on the desk that I can pick up and read and find out how it's all going to turn out. Amen. Amen. And it's all right to cheat and read the end. Amen. And find out that when it's all said and done, the believers are with God in heaven and the evildoers are in their place in hell. They want chaos. They want lawlessness. They're going to get it for millions and millions and millions of years. We want to walk in love and we want to worship God and we want to be safe and live safe lives and we want to uh, extol the virtues of the Lord forever. Well, we're going to be given that opportunity. It's all going to work out for everybody. Amen. For some better than others. We know also that the Son of God has come and given us understanding. Thank God for it so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, these last words from the book of 1 John are amazing. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. It's amazing to me. He reiterates that God is the true God and that life, true life is found in God. And then he says, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. But it seems like idolatry is everywhere. It's everywhere. We are not to have, we saw last Sunday, we are not to have inordinate affection for anything. You know, whatever car you drove up in, it's great that you think you have a great car. That's great. But we shouldn't go out there and kiss it and worship it. You know, I told that champion builder group yesterday, you know, if you have a dog, it's okay. Pat the dog on the head, you know, but you don't French kiss it. What's wrong with people? I said, what is wrong with people? And on these politicians, you hold your nose and you go in there and you do the best you can. But you don't start worshiping them. What's wrong with people? And the problem with worshiping a man is you don't know what crazy thing that man's going to do tomorrow. You don't know what they're going to do or say or what's going to come out of their mouth that's going to be horrifically embarrassing. Except for me and Austin. <laughs> Amen. Do not have inordinate affection for anything in this world. Do not have idols. And we think just because we don't have a little you know, Buddha on the uh, mantelpiece that we're not idolaters. A lot of people are idolaters because they have inordinate affection. Nothing wrong with animals. But I see entirely too many people and they have more love for their animals than they do for their children and their grandchildren. This is not proper. Nothing wrong with animals. But you should be talking to your sons and your daughters more than your dog. Maybe you ought to have a little clicker and keep track. 
How many words did I speak to my children today and how many words did I speak to my dog today? And if the dog comes out ahead, repent. I'm serious. I'm serious. I've had people quit. Why is he bringing this up on a Pastor Appreciation Sunday? I have no idea. <laughs> I've had people leave the church over, the, over this. Nice couple moved from West Texas, and they loved us until I brought this up. She told me out here in the fellowship atrium, I don't know about your dog, but mine's going to heaven. People need to read their Bibles. You are human beings, which means you, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. But those squirrels that I call in out, uh, hawks to hunt and eat, they have bodies, that's it. They got, no, they got no spirit, they got no soul. And when, when those hawks come in there and they hunt those squirrels in my yard and they eat them, that's it. It's the big dirt nap forever. <laughs> Listen, you think I'm just trying to be provocative? This has led to people giving up the mission. People are what's important. Amen. I'm not against critters. Maybe one day I'll be prosperous enough to have a pet. But I, I don't see that I can spend money on vet bills and food and all of that. I'm not at that level of prosperity yet. There may come a point... There may come a point where I could, I could prosper enough to where I could spend money, see myself spending money on that. I'm not there yet. So I just have to focus on the mission. And the mission is people. Winning people to Jesus. Getting people saved. Getting people that are bound by Satan set free. And getting people that have been crippled by Satan in their bodies, getting them set free. This is the mission. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? amen? So don't have idols. This whole Kanye thing is amazing to me. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many Christians, you know, got on that bandwagon. Now, he, see, the problem with these bandwagons is that when they look like a fool, you look like a fool. So I just don't do bandwagons. The world. There's nothing in this world worth falling in love with. And whatever you fall in love with in this world... I'm talking about other than your husband or your wife. It'll be a great disappointment and probably it'll do you harm. People in love with porn. People in love with alcohol. People in love with drugs. It's all from Satan to destroy. Jesus said Satan comes but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have life more 
abundantly. Let's bow our heads. You might be here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life personally and individually. I'm not talking about being a church member. I'm talking about making Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior and then living for him every day of your life from that day forward. Jesus said, John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. It's an awesome opportunity, and it's a great privilege that God has given us to invite God, literally God, the, the Father God, to invite him into our lives through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never done that before, and you'd like to do that this morning, you'd like to be saved, you'd like to be forgiven, I want you to lift a hand up wherever you are. Lift it up so I can see it. We're going to pray. Pastor, I want to be saved. Pastor, I want to be born again. Pastor God, Pastor, I want God to forgive me and set me free. There are people here this morning and you're thinking you need to go get worthy. Maybe you're here this morning bound by drugs or porn or alcohol and you think, well, I need to go, I need to go get myself worthy. No, 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 don't do that. Give your life to Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then while we're up here, we'll pray and believe God that you'll be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit of God and you'll live for him from this day to your last day. How many this morning, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be included in this prayer. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to live for him. Anyone else? There may be others here this morning. You're backslidden. There was a time in your life you lived for God you told God that you loved him, that you would live for him, and you meant it when you prayed it. But maybe one of these devices of Satan has snared you. And I'm telling you, there's some powerful things out here. Powerful, powerful things out here that are very addictive, and they'll get a hold of you. The Word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm not living for the Lord like I promised him I would. I'm not living for the Lord like I once did. But Pastor, I want to recommit my life to God. I want to, I want to live for him from this day to my last day. I want to set aside those idols and, and maybe those habits, whatever it is, and I want to live for him. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Everybody in the room, let's stand up. We want to give an opportunity for people to make a public declaration. If you raised your hand for either invitation, I want you to be bold about it. Take your belongings in hand, ladies, especially take your purse in hand. I want you to be bold about it. Step out into the aisle. Join me here at the front. We're going to pray. If you're watching online, I want you to be mindful of this for your own self, that you can pray the prayer with us. You don't have to be in, in this room to receive salvation and to be forgiven of your sins. You, you know, Sue watched a Billy Graham crusade when she was a little girl, went upstairs to her bedroom and knelt and prayed. You can be saved wherever you are. Amen. Thank God for anyone coming and, and any others coming. Amen. All right. For the sake of the one who has come and others online, everybody in the room, let's pray this prayer out loud together. Father God. I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. And I've lived for self. But today I turn my life around. 
and I give you my life. I believe, Father God, that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come into my life, forgive me of my sins, set me free from every trap Satan has set for me. And I thank you for hearing me and answering me. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. If you would go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, we'll get you right back in the service. We want to put a book in your hand. Amen. Let's give God thanksgiving. Hallelujah. If you're at home or wherever, you're watching online and you prayed the prayer, contact us. Let us know about your decision. We'd love to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. I don't mean to be controversial, but I do mean to rattle your cage because I think sometimes we get on a wrong path and we don't really think through the logical conclusion of what we're doing. Amen. And uh, so the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, Pastor, when are you going to stop talking about the coming of the Lord? Uh, the day after the rapture. <laughs> so the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, we need to have greater focus and not less focus. Does that make sense? And look to him and direct our love toward him, direct our love toward family, amen, and have faith in God.